G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our special guest today remembers when her life was one of extreme hopelessness, where she saw no way out apart from alcoholism and suicide. She kept trying to attach herself to someone who could make her feel better, someone who could make her life meaningful. She was busy, she says, empowering the hurts in her life. Then, finding herself in church, she realized she could no longer live off someone else's faith. She needed to find her own sense of hope to move forward. She longed to know who she was in God, needing relationship with Jesus. A conversation today about feeling hopeless when you can't see any way out of your current circumstances. We're back today with Wendy Burns, who tells her story in her book, Remarkable You. Wendy has a wonderful way of identifying how we can let hope, not hurts, shape our future. Wendy Burns is a consultant and coach and an executive director of the John Maxwell team, having joined the John Maxwell University. And Wendy is with us on the line from Darwin in the Northern Territory today. Wendy, welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. And thank you so much for having me back today and um, with your listeners. Wendy, in uh, some uh, detail that we were talking about and how we'd discuss a conversation like this today, you say that in that dark place where we falter and stagger, the enemy whispers death and defeat. A very, very nice turn of phrase there in discussing the fact that we're in a spiritual realm here and that there is an enemy that fights against us. As we get underway of the conversation like this today and competing things that want to take us in different directions, what are your thoughts on things spiritually in the battle we face? Oh, look, it took me a long time, Neil, to understand that I was in a spiritual battle, uh, that not only, you know, I witnessed the spiritual battle my father and mother went through and gave into, uh, but didn't understand what that was then. And it took me a long time to understand that there is a battle for our lives. There is a battle for our uh, walk with Jesus. Uh, there is a battle for our families. And I think, you know, just listening to Wendy Francis uh, on the prior call, we are in battle times. And there's so many that are, are feeling uh, incredibly hopeless. Uh, and today, you know, as I share my story and share my way through of finding how I found hope and what I was anchoring to, I really do pray that it speaks to our listeners. There's a wonderful scripture that says the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And yes. Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and life abundantly. That's uh, a powerful way of talking about the sorts of impacts that there is in this spiritual battle, Wendy. Yeah, very much so. And doesn't he come to steal and destroy? And we unwittingly and unknowingly so often uh, let him. But you know what? The word says that God comes to give us joy. He comes to give, a, give us life. 
And that's what I want us to be able to anchor on or, or let me at least show how I found that because sometimes we get so distracted in our own self-reliance. Even though we say we know the Lord, we're still incredibly self-reliant and that's where I lived for 22 years after making my decision to follow Jesus that it took a life-defining moment for me to realize that God wanted more than that from me. And wonderful to reflect on that scripture, uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, for those mm. listeners who are looking for it. But the idea, Wendy, of making our agreements with either the devil or making our agreements with God, there's choice in here for all of us, but the devil wants us to make our agreements with him. How do you reflect on that? Oh, he certainly does. And he'll tell us all the reasons why. And, and you know, my life is a, a great example of that. Uh, we attach, and you started in the intro, Neil, by talking about, you know, I was looking for someone to rescue me. So I attached myself to somebody else. And, and sitting in a church, I attached myself to somebody else's faith in God, not my own faith, not my knowing of Jesus. So we'll get distracted because his aim is to distract us uh, from the real truth of who God is, who he is for us and whose we are in him. And so if the enemy can win that battle, he wins. But you know what? We don't need to let him win. It's about where are we anchoring. Wendy, whenever we talk, I always do lead you down a pathway where I get you to share uh, some of the uh, intricacies of your story so that listeners know where you're coming from when you make these sorts of thoughts about uh, how we might actually pursue these hopes and not hurts. I wonder if you can just recount for us briefly some of those issues of your past and where you've come from. Sure, I absolutely will. I just want to say that um, it's not always easy to hear and if there's young children around, perhaps it's time to move them away from the radio for just a moment uh, because I am talking about things that are quite difficult to hear. Uh, so my, my childhood was one of uh, alcoholism, abuse, domestic violence and suicide. When I was 13, uh, my father made the decision because he was hopeless, he had no way through uh, to take his own life. But he included me in that suicide. Uh, he got me to hand him the gun. Uh, and, and as I stood and watched him uh, literally um, put the gun in his mouth and, and pull the trigger. I don't need to say more. That's enough for the listeners in, yeah. that, in yeah. that space. That same night, my uncle decided that uh, it was a good opportunity for him to sexually assault me uh, simply because he could. So right there and then, you know, my, my, I'm 13, my innocence has been ripped away in so many different ways. Uh, any, any sense of, of life, not that we had a normal life, was taken away. So I was put into this same path as my parents. Uh, my, my mum, I became her drinking partner because she'd lost her drinking partner. So I became her drinking partner at 13. Uh, and that continued for many years. My brothers and sisters were put into welfare. My elder sister ran away and I became the carer of my mother. I wandered around like this for the first 34 years of my life. I married twice. I had four children. I anchored to hopelessness. I anchored to anger, bitterness, uh, and I was going down the same road as my parents. The only way that I saw out of this life that I had was suicide. Uh, and then I made the decision, not that I'd planned to, but God always has a plan bigger than ours, right? I just want to remind listeners of that. I went along to a church 
where someone prayed for me and told me that God understood the guilt I'd carried over my father's death. Now, I was 34 when that happened. In that moment, I was touched by God. Wow. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much uh, for sharing some of those intimate details of the challenging past that you have faced. And I just note, even as you're sharing there, you were anchored in hopelessness. And so many listeners will know that this is their own story too, anchored in hopelessness until they were set free from those things, those hurts that were shaping them, and were set free into a new direction based on the hopes that come with faith in Christ. Now, uh, when you've got... uh, uh, We'll come back to the, the spirituality here again, because in that hopelessness... You were not in the kingdom. You were not a child of God at that time. How do you describe that anchoring in hopelessness? And the sorts of things you see around you and you speak widely these days, how anchored in hopelessness are people who don't know Christ? Well, we see it, as you say. Um, What I see is people are anchored into what's going on in the world and the the disaster that's going on, and we should know what's going on around us, but we anchor to the, um, the, the fact that the world can't see a way out of the situation as we see it. You know, they anchor to other people. They look for other things to bring them peace, such as addictions, such as alcoholism, drugs, uh, you know, pornography, uh, shopping addictions, you know, non-shopping addictions, whatever it is, people are anchoring. I see when we are hopeless, we look for something to bring us a little moment of peace. Maybe we're anchoring to success. If I'm successful in what I do, then maybe that will give me peace. That will give me a label. But it doesn't. It's a false sense of peace. It's a false sense because we're still hopeless underneath and we're still looking for the next fix to try and take away the pain of that hopelessness because we're marked by the wounds. When we've been wounded, we're marked by the wounds and we're diminished by that wound. And that's when we harden our heart and that's when that hopelessness comes in. All we see everywhere we look is hopelessness. And that's what I saw. But yet, that's the enemy's ploy. He never wants us to see that little pinhead of light, that there is a way forward. Wendy, you describe a defining moment uh, when the hopelessness all of a sudden comes to the fore and you recognise that you you can approach that from a different way. What do you mean by a defining moment that might actually bring you to a point where you can start to move in a different direction? Okay, I'll just share a little bit more of my story, and that's such a great point, because we will all have a defining moment, an opportunity to move in a different way. So a defining moment is like we see two roads ahead of us, one going one way. For me, one was going down the road of hopelessness. Uh, The other road was to really follow Jesus, to know who this Jesus was and how it came about for me. It took me 22 years after that initial decision to follow Jesus to realize that I was anchoring to something still that wasn't the Lord's. I didn't really know who I was in him and I didn't know his character or the faithfulness of who our God is. So in that, I was uh, working in government uh, in a senior leadership role. I was put under investigation for false allegations that came against me, CMC, so back to those days. So it was really quite serious. I was removed from my workplace uh, and sent home uh, with no idea of what, what was going on. 
And for me, all of a sudden, because I'd attached myself to a label, and how often do we attach ourselves to a label and think that's what will bring us hope, take us from where we are, because we're still self-reliant and trying to control. The next morning I wake up, it was that red dust storm in Brisbane. Uh, You could not see your hand in front of you. My husband had gone to work and I was home. And that's when I really had the biggest fight of my life. I decided that day that the only answer for me was to take my life because everything that I thought was important was taken away from me. And I was sitting in church at this time and nobody knew what was going on in my mind. In that moment, as I sat, oh, I didn't actually, I kneeled on my lounge room floor, I remembered the scripture of the woman with the issue of blood and how she reached out and touched the hem of the gown of Jesus. And I can remember clearly praying the prayer that, Lord, if I can just touch the hem of your gown, I will know you are real. And literally, I reached out. So it was an action on my part. I had to reach out and touch the hem of the gown of Jesus. When I reached out, wanting more of the Lord, he moved in. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation, 1-800-316-316. We're talking about hope and hurts and how we can have hope shape our future and not just our hurts shaping us. Wendy Burns tells her story in the book Remarkable You and we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call, Wendy, from David in Logan in Queensland. Hello, David. Welcome along. Oh, hi. Um, now? David, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'd just like to congratulate Wendy on reaching out, having faith and reaching out and um, it's very interesting she talks about the story of the woman reaching out because she, it clearly states in the scriptures that power went out from Jesus. So that's what happens when we reach out is that God God meets us with power to address our, our situation that, that, that we've got ourselves in. David, have you found yourself uh, in some depths of despair or uh, the hurts that have shaped you that uh, you came to a defining moment where you were reaching out as well? Um, I suppose we, we, we can all, all relate to that as as Christians, you know, like um, I, I personally relate to the to the story of the, the woman caught in adultery um, of of, of you know, do not judge, otherwise you'll be judged, you know. Yeah. So, David, good yeah. thoughts in there. Let's get a, a response from Wendy. What, as you're hearing David reflect, what are your thoughts, Wendy? Yeah, thank you, David, for the call. And yes, you're right. It is about when we reach out, God's power comes out, comes to us, towards us, doesn't it? And I think you're absolutely right. And that's such a great scripture. It reminds us that nobody, uh, we're not, none of us are immune to pain or hurt or, or sin. We've all been there. But just even with that woman with, with the issue of blood, that as, as God uh, told nobody to condemn her, that you know her faith was so strong that she knew that if she could reach out to Jesus, and that's true, if our faith is so strong that we can do that, he meets us exactly where we're at. Wonderful. David in Logan, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Jody is in Kempsey in New South Wales. Hi, Jody. Welcome. Hi, love. Um... Um, just want to say thank you for Wendy and um, 
Uh, my story is uh, is really pretty long, but um, in the same sense where, where Wendy was talked about the darkness, um, the kingdom of darkness, where I was, you know, nine years ago. I'm, I'm a believer. I've got saved nine years ago. Um, I lost my hands and feet, and um, uh, you know, I went through some really challenging times. And um, but uh, God has been so faithful, you know. Um, and uh, just scripture comes. I'm not sure where it is, but God pulls us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, you know, and um, he's he's been my hands and feet for nine years, you know, and and just just renewing my mind because the devil, you know, has just stolen so much, taken so much from, from, you know, from us. And just the, the mind being renewed, and so I just, I just be like Mary and sit at Jesus's feet for nine years, you know, just reading the Word of God, and just, just taking in and, and it's the wisdom, you know, and asking the Lord for wisdom and to understand Him, because He tells us, you know, in the Book of James, you know, if we want wisdom, ask the Lord, you know, He gives wisdom. Jody, Jody, let me just, uh, when you say uh, lost your hands and feet, are you talking literally? Yes, love. I've, I've, I've got caught golden staff nine years ago in oh, a private right. hospital in yep. Western Australia. I'm from Western Australia, but, um, you know, I moved over here now. And, but God had, you know, put a, a, a beautiful man in my life, which has been a, a believer, you know, before I came into his life. And, um, you know, he just treats me like a princess and just the characteristics of, you know, of Jesus, you know, and just him... Yeah, in my marriage, and that's a huge big thing because um, when I was a little girl, you know, it all got interrupted, like Wendy's pretty much story. But um, you know, the darkness where he, the Lord pulls us from, you know. But I always wanted to be married, and you know, to have a, a family, and you know, a husband. But that's that's every girl's dream, and now that dream, he's fulfilling that, you know, in me. And I think, oh, wow, Lord, you just. I'm so in love with Jesus. I love him. Wow. He's, he's, what a he's my, he's my wonderful husband. story, Jody. Uh, oh, Wendy, wow. your thoughts for Jody? Oh, Jody, I'm just I'm I'm in awe. I just love it, and I can hear your love for Jesus just come across the line, and your passion, and and how good is God? Like He will not allow us to be devoured by our circumstances. But he will, if we reach out, he'll pull us through. And look, you're a prime example. And, you know, I love um, Hebrews 11. And I was just thinking how your story could be in Hebrews 11 when we talk about the power of bold faith, because we've just heard about your bold faith, about trusting God that he would pull you through. And he provided all that you need. He's answering that dream that you had. Jody in Kempsey, thank you so much for your call. You can be part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316. And Jody, reflecting on that scripture from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. If you stay in the dominion of darkness, you are going to be only shaped by your hurts, Wendy. If you are transformed into the kingdom of the sun, you've got then an opportunity to appreciate this hope. How do you describe that? Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly right. If we stay in that darkness, that's where we'll be. But as we come into the light, we know that even one little pinhead of light of Jesus will dispel the darkness that's around us. So how do we do this? How do we partner with God and we find this hope? And I think that's a great, that's a great thing to be able to discuss that, you know, as we, we think about, well, who am I in the Lord? 
and who is he for me and how do I know how I'm meant to partner because I think you've heard me say before Neil on one of our other calls it's you know how do I partner with you Lord now what does partnering mean and that means when you partner with somebody you have conversation if you're partnering on a work project you look at the details so it's the same when we're when we're partnering with Jesus we have conversation through prayer and through worship the details are in the word so we spend time in the word and we find what we need our guidelines and our guardrails for our life so that we can walk through the circumstances that we're facing, no matter how bad they are, uh, to be able to find our way through. And that's how we start to birth this hope, because hope starts with our faith, our faith in Jesus. Wendy, we've spoken a fair bit about hopelessness, but let's come to this concept of hope and, and asking what hope is. How do you describe it when you describe hope? Oh, that's a great question, Neil. Hope is more than simply having belief or being optimistic. Optimism is the belief that things will be better, right? We think it will get better. But hope is the faith. Hear what I'm saying? Hope is the faith that together we can make things better. That's together with Jesus, we can make things better. So, you know, optimism is a virtue. It's, you know, we, we were optimistic that it will get better. But hope is an active one. So hope is about taking an action and I love the Hebrew scripture that um, says that we can grab hope with both hands uh, where it says uh, grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go and then if we went over and we looked for a moment at Romans 15 13 and this is what I understood when I finally realized I needed to find this hope it says there that um, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So abound is an active word. It's a verb. So abound is an action. So I needed to take an action to find out what this hope was so that I could find my way through. And even as we start to look from hope for hope, it takes courage. It takes courage to take that step. Wow. So not just wishful thinking hope, uh, because you could just confuse that with people who are outside of a faith in Christ, just having some optimism for their future. And that could be based on all sorts of things. But this uh, fact of what hope is, our capacity to wait on God and the goodness of God responding in the circumstances we find ourselves in. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Wendy, let's take a call from Brian, who is in Blackburn in Melbourne. Hello, Brian. Welcome along. Hello. Thank you. I'm feeling rather nervous. but um, uh, No need I've to feel been... nervous, Brian. Yeah. Just talking amongst friends here. Uh, I think it's the epilepsy I have that interferes with the nervous system a bit. I've had it since a child and fortunate to live in a country with good medical care. We certainly are. And yes, the only faith or the only hope I have is the Christian faith and just how much that means to me. And I feel without it, uh, I wouldn't be here today. Sometimes it's Uh, hard to articulate how that hope works. And uh, Brian, how does that hope, do you think, how does that work for you in your <laughs> epilepsy, in your situation? Well, just the loving care of the medical people in the world around us, I think. Or in our country, it's based on the Christian faith. And just without the medicines, I would have died. Um, 
psychological care. Um, I've had to go on the medicines for that. The epilepsy and all the seizures and uh, dislocating shoulder and fracture in the back. When I was in hospital for the brain surgery or a checkup on that, uh, the golden staff got into my fractured spine. Brian, and I really related that to the woman who was on before. Brian, do you have a? Is there a pastoral care connection that comes from a local church that you're uh, adhering to? Is there? Is there any connection to your local church? I do, but at times I struggle a bit with um, differing views about the Christian faith, and I think we need to come together and talk about these things openly and reason them out with God's help and His Word. <clears throat> but How do you keep your faith strong on those days when things start to crowd in and uh, pile on? Uh, you know, you're under pressure on some days. How do you keep that hope alive? Well, I live on my own and the radio is very helpful in hearing others. And the mixing with fellow people is just so important and being in agreement with other Christians and the love of the Christian faith and the hope that God provides through the Lord Jesus in new life where there's no more suffering or pain. Wonderful uh, stuff, older things. Yeah. Let's uh, a thought or two from Wendy. Wendy, uh, your your uh, uh, appreciation for Brian's thoughts. Uh, look, Brian, I appreciate you calling in, and I I had the same question as well: is how do you keep your faith strong? And and um, I'm gathering that you know you spend time with people and surround them, uh, uh, surround yourself with people that are strong in the Word, and and I'm sure you're spending time in the Word as well. So, well done, and thank you for calling in. Brian in Blackburn, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute on a whole lot of different dimensions of the things we're talking about today. 1-800-316-316. Let me ask you, Wendy, if we're talking hope, and we discussed in that segment just before the news, you came to a point where there was like a defining moment. You're on your knees. Uh, there's nowhere else to go. You're calling out to God, and you even sense that his power is there. But once you have had a defining moment, once you've decided, I need to choose hope over the hurts of my past, how do you build on that, and how do you keep that hope alive? Mm, thank you, Neil. That's, a, again, another great question because it's so important. So we can have those those defining moments that become almost a seed of hope that's planted within us, and then we, we have to decide how we're going to water it. So for me, it was a realisation that I wanted to know more about the Lord. I want to know more about Jesus who he was. And so I went through, I studied the Bible, I studied the faithfulness of God, I studied the characteristics of God because I wanted to, I had anchored to hopelessness for way too long. All the lies that the enemy had fed me. So I wanted to feed my mind, my heart, because what we put in, what we feed into our mind, the good, the bad and the ugly will stay within there. So we empower uh, those things and I'd been empowering those things so I wanted to empower good thoughts you know the, the word says about think on things that are good lovely kind I, and I can't remember the scripture offhand and I should um, but I spent time in the word and I journaled the powering of journaling for me was significant 
finding out who I was in God and who he was for me. And that's how I started to truly partner with God. So here it was, here was an action. I was taking an action. I wanted to know more about uh, Jesus had cared enough that stopped me that day from taking my own life. How did I do that? I needed to spend time with him. When we talk hope and, uh, you know, building on hope and reflecting too, even as Brian is saying in Blackburn in Victoria, and it's significant that Brian doesn't have a close uh, pastoral care association. He's got a connection to a local church. It's not a very close one, though, because some people will talk about an occasional hope. You like to take Mm -hmm. things beyond the thought of every now and then when I feel like I'm in a hopeless situation, I might see who I can call on for help. But you like to take that on to a, a deeper type of a hope. How do you describe that? Yeah, we can have that occasional hope, can't we? That that on and off again hope when things get really bad. Yes, I need to reach out to the Lord. That for me is an, a, an occasional hope. You know, sometimes, oh yeah, I need hope today. But, but taking it to that next level and thinking about how do we move above the chaos and the circumstances that we face. So... Uh, our ultimate hope is in the Lord, not in people. And I think uh, we, we spoke earlier to uh, that beautiful lady that called in from Kempsey about how God had sent, has sent this wonderful man into her life that's her husband. God sent some people across my path and I could see that they were speaking hope into my life. I just needed to be really mindful that I wasn't again anchoring myself to those people. And I did that for a little while till God reminded me he wanted me to anchor myself to him. So I was every day looking for what he was telling me, what he was showing me in his word. And then not just showing me, but then how does that then live out in my life? What example is that in my life to my children, to my husband, to my family, to those in my circle of influence? So when we have that continual hope in God, and boy, we need it right now, don't we? Um, That it starts to come out of us because we are living in that space all the time. Does that make sense, Neil? It makes sense, and I don't want to open a can of worms here, but uh, some people who are in their marriage and perhaps trapped in what they feel is, you know, domestic violence, domestic abuse that's going on, and feeling as though their own hurts are reinforced daily by some people. And it's not just people in marriage. It could be people in all sorts of circumstances. But there are people who can reinforce the hurt. You've got to be able to find the people who do reinforce the hope, no doubt. And any thoughts here, Wendy? Because uh, a lot of people find themselves trapped in relationships and they're reinforced in those hurts. How do you deal with those things? Oh, yeah, and so true that is. Like I was in that place. That was even after my 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 second, my initial discovering Jesus, uh, accepting him in my heart, and then that defining moment, uh, you know, 22 years later, I was in that situation. That's where I sat. That's what my life was like. Uh, and even to talk about Jesus uh, was certainly uh, a red flag to a ball in my home. So it is you. You have to be able to find someone that can speak across your life. I was in a church 
even though I went to church on my own, I was in a church and I, I did need to connect with some people in a life group, in a connection group where they, I, could, I could have a safe space to share my heart. But quite often I would just pull myself away to the bathroom and pray or what I needed to do or talk to God about what was happening in my home. You know, Lord, this is what's going on. You can see this. What do I do? How do I know when to speak and when not to speak? So it is, it's not... It's not that we're going to wake up the next day on a, in a bed of roses after we make that decision. We still work, wake up in our same set of circumstances. But what we do do is we wake up empowered by this hope that's stronger than us, empowered by this Jesus that lives in us and filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to find our way through. We are not immune to the pain. It's not, it's, it's not unavoidable. It will come at us. But it's what we do in that. How do we find our way through that? And that's, I think that's the ultimate hope. You know, that's where we find the Lord in that. No matter how bleak things seem, we always have this eternal hope in the midst of the uncertainty. That's the only way that I was able to find my way through it and anchoring continually to the Lord. And I would sleep. I never always got it right. But reminding myself where are my eyes in this what am i looking at what am i empowering you have this initial uh connection an initial hope uh, where that seed of hope is triggered and something inside you uh, starts to believe that things could be different because if if you have no hope if you're languishing in hopelessness you won't even come to a point where you say things could be different so you know you're actually experiencing this seed of hope when you start to recognize that things could be different for me than they are today oh absolutely and doesn't that take courage though to even recognize that okay what if it could be different what if I can see that they're, you know, my, my, my children, if you have children, that was for me. I wanted it to be different for them. That was my initial decision to follow Jesus. I wanted it to be different. And so it takes courage to say, okay, I'm going to look to what I can do. And it may be just one little step that you take, one step towards that hope. See, we walk towards it. If we walk towards that hope, we'll find it. What we look for, we'll find you certainly can appreciate in a whole new level why there are some people and, uh, you know, sometimes they seem like zealots for Jesus. Uh, the way they love their faith, they love Jesus, they love their local church, you can appreciate how they do love Jesus because when they have experienced their life that's been shaped by the hurts of their past and they've discovered mm. that there is hope in Christ and there is a whole new uh, story to be written, you can really appreciate how people can value their faith. This is something that happened to you, Wendy, and uh, you uh, went on even then to write your story and and to be able to reflect on some of those things and reflecting on what my life was like in the dark and now what my life is like in the light. You can really start to sense the substance of what having faith in Jesus really brings to you in a transformed way. Oh, and, and isn't that true? And that's that, that scripture in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, the King James Version, where it says, Now faith is the substance of things hopes, 
hopeful. So you can start to see that. So why did I why did I write my story? Why do I share my story around the world? I have such a passion for people to see, for those that I have the privilege of speaking into, that you can come out of anything. You can find your way through, no matter how bleak the circumstances see, seem at the moment. God is above it. God is with us. One of the things that, you know, as we, we so often can't see it until we look back at a a situation or a circumstance. You know, for me, as I looked back to that time when my father killed himself and I ran down the road with my brothers and sisters to get them away from the horror that I witnessed, Jesus reminded me years down the track as I really understood who he was for me, that he was there with me in that. He had his hand around me. Sure, bad stuff happened. He didn't cause that. But he had a destiny for me. And sometimes things happen to us because we then have the authority to speak to others and say, you can come through this. It doesn't just happen to us and it's wasted. It happens to us to give us the authority to be able to say, you can find your way through it. See, I'm an example of that. And so we all have a story and we all get to write that story every single day. And it's not as though, and I'll get your reflection here, that having this defining moment and then you're courageously on a path to implement the new hope that you have, it doesn't mean you'll never face another hardship day. It doesn't mean you'll never face another crisis. But I imagine that when you use a word like resilience, uh, resilience comes because you've been able to uh, courageously get on top of those problems and they're not affecting you the same way the hurts did when they were shaping you. Just as we've got to draw things to a close, Wendy, but uh, for those who are thinking, I've got to get onto a new trajectory where this hope is what's shaping me and not the hurts of my past, how do you reflect on making a decision, moving in a new direction? I mean, do you have to break free from a whole lot of things? How do people move forward? It's one step at a time, Neil, and it's about uh, under. And that sounds simple, but it is one step at a time. And one of the biggest keys was learning not to live in that place of regret, not going back over that history of my past, always thinking that that was who I was, because our past does not define who God says we are, and not living in that past and not continually. So I talk about being a historian, you know, living in that history or a journalist reporting on how bad it is, but starting to look forward with God to the future. What what would my future be like in you? So it's almost like dreaming with God, asking him what the destiny he has for us. But it's the only way forward. If we stay attached to the disaster and, and the, the circumstances we're in, I'm, I'm talking about within our hearts and in our minds, because what we think, what we say uh, and believe really will affect how we go forward. So attaching us to God, attaching us to the word that he gives us uh, and holding on to that and speaking that word over, over our own lives is so important. Wendy, special honour to you today. You've taken us into a deep place and uh, there'll be lots of questions that that listeners might have and uh, some of those they might need to explore on their knees as they are seeking Mm -hmm. God for some of the challenging circumstances that have shaped them and how they actually appropriate this hope uh, for a different future. And I'm just reminded of a scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. So when we talk about hope, when we talk about the future, uh, it's Christ in us that affirms uh, Mm. where this hope is going to come from. He'll be the fountain of that hope within us. And he's also the one who is the uh, the expression of that hope in our own lives. And uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about, about the, the major effects that happen from generation to generation because uh, mm. your own story is, is just a wonderful one that says uh, you've, you've broken, uh, you've created a fork in the road for your own family because you've chosen a different path too. Uh, Wendy Burns, uh, wonderful to talk to you once again. We'll do this again, perhaps not until the new year, but we'll look forward to another conversation. Wendy tells her story in her book, Remarkable You. Uh, she talks about uh, hope and uh, hurts and the way that our future is shaped. You'll be able to get a hold of Remarkable You from Wendy's website, remarkableyou.com. Uh, Wendy, uh, you're also a consultant and coach when it comes to some corporate level uh, leadership ideas and people will be able to connect with you too there at remarkableyou.com.au or through Wendy Burns Consulting. Wendy, you've got an amazing story. You keep telling it and I'll look forward to the next time we have an opportunity to talk. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil, for having me on again today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.